This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to a special episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, trade deadline edition. We said earlier on the actual podcast that we were going to wait and see if the Penguins made a deal. We were going to come back to you later in the day live on our Twitter and our Facebook. So thank you to everybody for tuning in. But the reason we're here is because they made a deal. My name is Nick Berlansky. I am along with my co-host Nick Horwat here in the chat, as well as... Doug Cladkey, who's always with us, it seems like Trade Deadline is, basically you have to come on the show at Trade Deadline, especially after the Jeff Carter stuff, obviously we reposted about all that yesterday, but the Pittsburgh Penguins do get Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks, they sent away a package that is not yet confirmed, but from what we're hearing in reports, it is Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, who combined account for $2.5 million against the cap, a second round pick for this year, and a prospect that is yet to be named. So we'll see who that ends up being. But as of right now, let's go around the horn really quickly. Horwat, overall thoughts when you saw that Raquel was headed to Pittsburgh? He's one of those names that you hear about in California, especially. He's one of those LA and Anaheim. They're usually, you hear about the good players, not the phenomenal players like the Getzlaps or the Corey Perry's in his prime, but like the Tanner Pearson or the Jeff Carter, the good players that are good over there, and somehow end up in Pittsburgh. The -hmm. trend just seemed to continue with this one, and I think it's a great move. And for what it's worth, I'm not upset with losing uh, Zach Aston-Reese. I went on my rant about the analytics a couple episodes ago. I'll keep it short and sweet. The main concept of hockey is to put the puck in the net, and Ricard Raquel does that a hell of a lot better than Zach Aston-Reese does, and Dom Simone for that matter. Dougie, what do you think about this deal? I mean, I think it's great. Um, obviously the analytics guy in me hates to lose Zach Aston Reese, but at the same time, um, you're going to fill that role with somebody who's more likely to score goals, um, whoever that may be. But, Mm -hmm. um, obviously we're waiting on a couple of things to shake out, but right now, man, I think, I think we finally got Evgeny Malkin as winger and, um, you know, we've been, I feel like we've all said it through various outlets over the past couple of weeks of, Malkin and Danton Heinen cook together. They just need that third wheel. And now I can say with confidence that I, we got, like, I think that I think it's going to fit. I think it's going to be a great fit. And I think that this is going to be one of those underrated moves that we look back on a couple months from now thinking, damn, like, thank God we did this one. When I think about this trade as a whole, and I said it, I was on a, the soda pod yesterday and i said you know what to be completely honest i'm not sure the ricard raquel deal is timely because it felt like it's a year or two too late and i still do feel that way i'm excited to have ricard raquel on the pittsburgh penguins it's certainly better than not having a deal made i i think when you look at what the team looked like going into the trade deadline right now they needed something and they went out and they got ricard raquel who has been in rumors the last what, two seasons right now to have been heading his way to Pittsburgh. I'm finding out from Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports that his dog is named Hines, so it's about damn time that we get him to Pittsburgh. But when I look at the deal, I think, yeah, you paid a little bit more, but that's just what the market was this year, isn't it? 
It is, and I wouldn't even fully say it was a little bit more. It was just a deal that um, it came and it wasn't Kapanen or Rodriguez on the other end. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thought process that a lot of Pens fans would have on this. Is um, That was just the process. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, especially with the fact that you're sending back Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, two guys that have been in your lineup for a large portion of the season, Simone due to injuries, and Zach Aston Reese has really been a, a staple on the Pittsburgh Penguins' fourth line for a couple of seasons now. The fact that you're sending both of those guys back shows how much that Ron Hextall wanted to get a deal done. He was catching a lot of flack on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere today from Penguins fans that he wasn't making a deal. Well, here it is. He made a deal. You could tell that he felt the pressure to get a deal done. And I thought he did a pretty decent job, especially considering his feet were held to the fire today. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you can tell the pressure was on because if you logged on to Twitter around like 1230, you would have thought the world was burning down um, on Penn's Twitter. But it's, it's a very important move because it shows with them trading Aston Reese and Simone, they're committing to offense. They're committing mm-hmm. to offense. Obviously, whenever um, um, Aston Reese and – or how you replace Aston Reese will probably be with a more of a two-way um, – you know, we'll probably get into that in a little bit. But honestly, mm-hmm. um, it's going to have a really good trickle-down effect because, you know – Raquel is going to go on that Malkin line and then, you know, Jeff Carter's line is going to get another really good player. And then Jason mm-hmm. Zucker is going to come back and, you know, he's going to go, probably go back with Jeff Carter and that's going to be a really, really good potential championship winning third line that we have been talking about for years since Nick Benino left. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a really good storyline to look at down the stretch as these guys start to get healthy and things start to settle down. And whenever they do get Ricard Raquel here and he starts to find his place in this lineup. I'm glad you actually mentioned uh, Jason Zucker as Logan Hartnett's tuned in on Facebook. Thanks, Logan. He says, you may have said it already, but where does Zucker fit when he's back? And you just answered that, Doug, saying third line with Jeff Carter. I completely agree. Uh, Logan, of course, appreciates that saying good call, Doug. Uh, If you are watching right now on the stream, make sure you let us know what do you think of the addition of Ricard Raquel. We'll bring it up. We'll discuss your opinions for sure. So make sure you get it on the comment section here on Facebook and on Twitter at Tip of the Iceberg. Horwat, do you agree that Ricard Raquel probably fits best on Evgeny Malkin's second line? That's what Doug said. That's what I would echo as a sentiment. Do you think that that's where he goes whenever he does? show up and whenever he's healthy too because according to let me pull up the tweet really quickly as my phone takes forever uh Seth Rorabaugh Ricard Raquel has missed the Ducks last three games due to an undisclosed injury so he's got the gist of things already in Pittsburgh again that's Seth Rorabaugh so whenever he's healthy do you think he's on the second line with Evgeny Malkin I bet that's where he starts um mm-hmm. Pony Muller on the fan had on in uh, a Ducks analyst and from the descriptions that the analyst was giving on Raquel and the skill set he has. Uh, Pony Muller came to the conclusion that he might fit on Crosby's line a little better. Um, and that might be a move that just happens come postseason time if Rust is, uh, or if Malkin needs a little help from Rust, maybe, mm-hmm. or if something needs to change. We've already seen Rust get bumped to the second line. So I bet Raquel starts on the second, um, but I would not be surprised to see that change uh, a couple of times even. I mean, we've seen it so many times in the history of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. The first one that comes to mind for me is, hey, 
James Neal is a great winger for Sidney Crosby, or he's going to be much per more perfect with Evgeny Malkin, which we didn't know whenever we acquired him. So, Phil Kessel. Yeah, Phil Kessel, right there. He was a third liner for the Penguins Cup team in 2016. So yeah, there's several instances where you bring him in, you expect him to go to a certain line. He doesn't quite go there, but he fits perfectly somewhere else. We'll see if that is indeed the case for the guy, Ricard Raquel, of course, coming in. Pending UFA for Raquel, $3.78 million cap hit, which, like I mentioned earlier, Zach Aston Reese and Dom Simone combined for 2.5. So there's about a million dollars that you tack on to the cap for the Pittsburgh Penguins. There's going to have to be some circumvention there by Ron Hextall, but it's not as much as, say, like $18 million that he has to figure out. It's just a just a couple million right now, especially with Jason Zucker and newly acquired Nathan Beaulieu still on the long-term injured reserve. But what that tells me, the fact that he's a pending UFA, all of the reports came out earlier in the week that Ron Hextall wanted a player that had some term left. He didn't want to, He didn't necessarily want a rental, especially with the price that is going around the NHL right now. So the fact that they got Raquel, who's a pending UFA, I feel like he wasn't their first choice. And not to say that they aren't happy to have Raquel. I'm sure he was on their big board. But it tells me that he wasn't their first choice. Me and Doug talked before we went live here and said, we think Garland was a player. The Penguins were a player for Garland until late in the day today, which is why it took forever to get Raquel's trade to come through. It took forever for them to choose Ricard Raquel and get a deal done with Anaheim. So... We'll start with Doug. Do you think that this was a fail-safe move by Ron Hextall because he couldn't get another deal done? Yeah, I I do. I think that when it came down to it and you look at the options on the market, Ricard Raquel was probably the first fallback option whenever it come, came down to if they missed out on a player with term mm -hmm. or they fell into like a roadblock of getting a deal done for a player with term. Um, you know, and I'll be honest with you, when I woke up this morning and saw that they got Nathan Beaulieu, um, my mind started racing thinking, okay, like this might be a setup trade for them to move out one of the left shot defensemen to Vancouver to potentially get a deal done for Garland. Mm -hmm. But as it sits right now, I'm still happy and I'm still content. It's just one of those things. It's like you get that weird feeling you get almost like whenever the Penguins trade for Marion Hosa all those years ago, where it's like this guy's here for one run and mm -hmm. that's it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, he's probably not going to sign an extension here um, because I, I imagine he's going to go out and try and chase a payday because of how cheap of a deal the ducks had him on for his first contract out of a uh, restricted free agency. Mm -hmm. Now the thing with Raquel, especially with all of this in, in mind, you look at the players that didn't get traded today. Garland wasn't traded. Besser wasn't traded. The only person from Vancouver that got traded was Tyler Mott. So the fact is, that price tag was too high. Tyler Bertuzzi didn't go anywhere. Phil Kessel didn't go anywhere. Jacob Chikrin didn't go anywhere. There's a lot of players that are staying packed. So it seems like there's a general sense that the market was very, very expensive. And certain teams got deals done because they needed to. You look at the Rangers and what they did, the Panthers and what they did. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, they wanted that one last winger. They were able to get him. But it seems like they probably knocked on a couple other doors before they did that. So, Horwat, let me ask you this question. When you see Ricard Raquel alongside Evgeny Malkin, we already heard, you know, Doug say it's like a host of thing, not going to sign here in the offseason. Are you okay with the fact that they spent this much money on what it seems to be a rental. He could still sign back, but it's unlikely, especially considering the contracts that Hextall has to sign. So are you okay with the fact that they went out and got a rental this year? You know what? I, I am okay with it. I mean, because I don't look at it fully as a rental. Like, let's say 
something falls through and we can't get one of the contracts we need. We have a fail-safe. Mm-hmm. We have a fail-safe in Raquel. We have a, then all of a sudden we have a longer time period of what, of what he can prove to do here. Um, I don't look at trades as rentals right away. This one is probably going to be one yes, mm-hmm. but um, I don't hate it. It's just a good hockey move, I would say. It's simple. It's We're shipping out two guys that straight up could not score, and this team needs some depth scoring. Those mm-hmm. Simone and Zach Aston Reese, just they're not able to do that. And you sacrifice some analytics, sure, but at the end of the day, it's you're the the end the, the end game of the game is to score more goals. Mm-hmm. We, the Penguins picked up an extra 16 automatically just by sheer numbers. Yeah. Because of that. Um, that being said, I think we still have a lot to look forward to for whenever Zucker comes back as well. I think he can be a bombshell in the lineup still. Um, and for all of for everyone that wanted Kapanen to be moved out, you know what? We've already seen that we're not afraid to healthy scratch him. He's yeah. not performing again. Bench him, bring in a guy like Boyle for what it's worth. We still have O'Connor in the lineup. We still have Zahorna in the lineup. Well, not in the lineup, but as possibilities. Mm-hmm. We're not short of guys that can fill in for Kapanen. If Kapanen is you know, not bringing his game, same with Evan Rodriguez. I think we'll be a little a little longer to sit him out, but these, these are names. Boyle, O'Connor, Zahorna, and now you know, McGinn's got to come back at some point. Uh, Zucker will be back soon. These are all guys that can fill in if Erod or um, Kapanen just aren't producing. And you know me, I'll die hard for Valtteri Pustinen, so I'd love to see him make the uh, NHL roster, especially going into the playoffs. You're you're 100% correct, though. Dom Simone has three goals on the year. Zach Aston Reese has two. Raquel has 16 coming in, and this is even a down year for him because this is a guy that is a two-time 30-goal scorer with the Anaheim Ducks. 2016-17 and 2017-18, he reached that mark. This year, 16 goals, 28 points in 51 games. I asked Carter and Nate Thomas from the Quack Report here on the network. I said, who has he played with? Because I can't find him on daily faceoff because he's been out of the lineup. And they said, well, he's kind of played with a bunch of players. He's played with Trevor Zegers this year. He's tra- with, played with to- Troy Terry, Adam Henrique, Ryan Getzlov, and he's also had some time on the power play as well. So he's a guy that has played with talent this year, and when he comes over, he's going to get to play with talent once again with, we already mentioned it, either Crosby or Malkin, and I would imagine what would end up being the second power play unit for him. But I think this is going to end up actually being a really good fit for him. I know I kind of poo-pooed it last night when I was on the soda pod, but it did feel like it, it, it is a couple years too late because I always thought the Penguins would get Raquel and have him here a long time, and instead he's going to be here for... 19 games in a playoff run but either way they got what they needed and that is help at the wing when it comes to scoring and especially when it comes to finishing if you looked at yet last week's road trip because they could not finish to save their life but they dominated the game so I I think this is a really good addition for the Penguins I think it's really going to help that he's already played with some talented players this year and he's going to come right over he has Danton Heinen who was also in Anaheim last year they played a couple times on the line together put him on a second line with Evgeny Malkin and let it go what do you say to that Doug? I think that's the move, at least to start. Um, I really like that. Um, and honestly, the big point that I want to make is, keep in mind, Ricard Raquel's two best seasons came whenever Ryan Getzloff was probably at the peak of his prime. Um, like, at his absolute best. Um, the, the line that those two years, it was Raquel, Getzloff, and Andre Kasha. I yeah. think that Heinen and Malkin 
is an upgrade from that. I, I'm expecting us to activate the Ricard Raquel of, of old, and he's going to turn back the clock a little bit and just start cooking um, in that top six for the Penguins. I'm really, really excited about this. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can expect a 30-goal pace at the end of the season. I think that's a little much, but I think you can expect a really good run here from Ricardo Kell whenever he does end up playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Is it going to be as good as Jeff Carter last year? Probably not because Jeff Carter was an absolute ball of fire last season. But Horat, what are you expecting from Ricardo Kell to finish off the regular season? I would say it's just some solid production no matter where he plays. Like we mentioned, he's going to start with Malkin probably because we need the middle six help. Um, but if he has the abilities to and say something falls apart one way or the other and it's just a, it's a necessity, it sounds like he's going to have the ability to play with uh, Sidney Crosby as well. Mm-hmm. And if you have that sort of skill where you can play in the first or second line, odds are you can flip slip to a third if you need to. Um, I would look for him to play anywhere. Again, he everywhere that's not the uh, penalty kill, essentially, for him, which um, is something we're losing in Zach Asteris, but this is another point that I brought up to you guys beforehand. Kasperi Kapanen, as long as he's not taken out of this lineup, he was a big-time penalty killer in Toronto. It might be time to try and reutilize that. Mm-hmm. He has already he already has more uh, shorthanded goals than Crosby and Malkin in their entire careers. Mm-hmm. Kapanen hasn't touched the penalty kill in two seasons. I'd say it's perfectly okay to not fill the Zach Gaston Reese spot with Kapanen, but ease Kapanen back into that way of playing because it what it's going to do is give him more of a different outlook on the game in the penguins perspective i guess because we don't want to because he's not scoring we're, we're going to keep him on the second power play and just then just only have raquel at five on five no no i say you swap those two on the power play stick at stick um what am i trying to say captain on the penalty kill and see if he's able to refine some glory there i like that yeah, I like that thought process. He's He's been a top six. His role has been a top six forward since he came back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Maybe you need to put him in that Carl Hagelin role where he's a bottom six guy, he's a penalty killer, and he's not expected to score the goals when, you know, bulk number of goals. He's expected to go out there, use his speed, be a, a, game, cha- or a game wrecker, not even a game changer, but a game wrecker, and just create opportunities for other people. That's what Hagelin did when the Penguins won back-to-back cups. Maybe that's, that's what Kapanen has to do. I like that idea, Horwat. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Before we shift over to talking about what the Penguins lost, because we already talked about 
Second round pick is a second round pick. You can't really get into that. We talked about Aston Reese a little bit. We'll touch on Dominic Simone. A couple other tweets here that I, I really liked following the fallout of Ricard Raquel to the Penguins. Megan Cheka put on Twitter, said strengths, getting to the scoring areas, offense off the rush, shoot first tendency, often a good puck supporting positions or often in good puck supporting positions. That sounds like Mike Sullivan's wet dream. That's what I'm going to say right now. That sounds like Mike Sullivan is going to look at this guy, say your dog is cute, he has a great name, and you're going to be one of my favorite players to deploy on the second line with Evgeny Malkin, especially considering at the bottom of that tweet, it says 25th in the NHL in shots off the rush in all situations, as long as forwards. So I like the fact that we're bringing in a guy that not only gets shots on goal, but he has a little bit of finish, which is what the Penguins have clearly been missing over the last week and honestly even month. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, we got to the point over these past this past like month, month and a half stretch where it's like, okay, they're getting goalied at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And you needed to get a guy with a little bit of finish in his game. And I think the biggest thing, the one of the more underrated things is um, how good he could be off the rush. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that the Penguins really did well with whenever they were winning the Cups, um, especially – you know, you think about the Malkin line too, whenever he was playing with Castle a little bit, how good they were in transition from the neutral zone to the offensive zone. And, you know, if that's something that Hein or that um, Raquel can get going again with Malkin, um, we might, uh, that that's going to be huge for the team um, once they get into the playoffs, because how you beat, and we saw this obviously in the back-to-back rounds, how you beat good goalies is just attacking them off the rush get them moving around a little bit, get them where they have to make the tough save. And uh, eventually you're going to find pay dirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know before what yeah. was, you were going to say something. I was going to, and then I just agreed totally. And that's useless of me to say. <laughs> all righty. Well, the only other tweet that I saw was of course, from all of our good friend, uh, Jesse Marshall said there were three players. I personally wanted to see, Watch the Peng- or sorry, watch the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Raquel is one of them. He's going to fit the Mike Sullivan system like a glove. So if it gets Jesse's approval, I think we should all be a little bit more at ease. I don't think anybody was over the moon upset about this deal, especially considering it is sending two of you know Penguins Twitter's most or least liked Penguins the other direction, and Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone. But Jesse's in love with the move. A lot of people are in love with the move. Uh, Logan Hartnett also says, if Ricard Raquel signs, you can kiss Latang goodbye. I don't know if it, it's a one or the other situation, but it certainly would make it very difficult. Thanks for tuning in, Logan, by the way. Uh, really quickly, before we kind of just throw it around for a couple of minutes about some other moves that were made today. What do you think about losing a guy like Dom Simone? Does it even go on the radar? No, the Dom Simone move doesn't uh, move any needles. It doesn't get any sort of notice. It might in terms of, hey, we don't have Dom Simone anymore. That's it. That's When it comes to Dom Simone this season, that is literally it. Um, mm-hmm. We thought he might be able to pick up something in his return, but nothing's come from it, and it's good we got a good body out of his return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really think they lost much either. Um, and the nice thing about it is clearing Simone's roster spot, or spot off the roster – makes room for them to run the 13 forward 8D system that they used to run. Mm-hmm. And they'll just have Bolu and Freeds as the seven and eight guys uh, going into the playoffs. 
that's another thing that we have to talk about here. Not just who the Penguins traded, and I know uh, at Jeff, Jeff's underscore Penguins, very happy about this, says in all caps, the greatest deadline trade ever. Not a big fan of Dom Simone. We've already known that, uh, but he's very excited, of course. But the one thing we also have to touch on before we move on is the fact that they didn't trade a defenseman. We thought that was all but guaranteed. We were saying, oh, John Marino or Marcus Pedersen, who can we bear to get rid of? A lot of people wanted to get rid of Pedersen. Nobody really wanted to get rid of John Marino. But we look here post-deadline, you have all of those guys, and you have Mark Friedman on a fresh new two-year contract. How big is it for the Penguins that they were able to keep this decor intact going down the line? We'll start with Doug on this one. Yeah, it's, it's very important that they were able to keep the decor intact because the big storyline going into it, um, and you saw a lot of people on Penguins Twitter say this, um, is if you traded one of the defensemen in the top 60 group for Connor Garland, you were trading, you were fixing a position of weakness by creating another position of weakness. Mm-hmm. And now the Penguins kind of patched up everything without doing anything super destructive, Um, you know, and obviously you can probably anticipate one of those guys moving out in the summer because they're going to have to clear money, obviously. But um, I'm really glad they didn't trade John Marino because these past couple games, man, the offensive game has been back and it looks like it's soon to be alive and well. Um, I really liked what I saw from him whenever he was playing with Dumo for a little bit. And, you know, I think that we're to a point now where him and Matheson can coexist together and that can be a really successful pairing moving forward. I like that. Hora, what do you think about keeping these guys? It's the defense. The defensive core has been better than um, years past. Mm-hmm. I think we can leave it at that. We're not fully relying on CC and Matheson to take over our second line. We're not relying on hell Christian Ehrhoff to be the number one defenseman. It's it, we have a good core of defenders now. It's, Latang and Dumoulin, who can leave you out to dry every now and again, but when you play that much ice time, it's going to happen. Um, we've seen Matheson play far better than what anybody was expecting yet again. So maybe he is just a good quality, maybe not phenomenal, maybe not worth the contract, but a good, decent quality defenseman or mm-hmm. hockey player, I guess. <laughs> um, we've seen John Marino start to refine his footing, which is good. Chad Ruedel's played damn near every game. Marcus Marcus Friedman. Mark Friedman is, uh, you know, playing up to his potential and past his potential as well. And then there's Pedersen who's sticking around. This is a good defensive core, and there's nothing to be angry at in terms of it staying together for uh, at least the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, when push comes to shove, sure, someone has to leave, but it's going to be worth it for now because they're getting it done. We just talked about the road victories that we have. Uh, just on the podcast, we've won a ton on the road, and that's and guess what? That's where half of your playoff games are played. So, if our defense can butt, batten down the hatches and come playoff time, nothing hurt. The biggest reason for the Pittsburgh Penguins' success this year: Tristan Jari being a god, and the Penguins being sneakily one of the best defensive teams in the league. I'm tired of not the, Pe- the Penguins not getting credit for this. I did see it on TSN's Trade Center today. They said best defensive teams. The Penguins were like third or fourth. Now, I, I was going to different places, but the fact is this team has such a good defense. Sometimes you have to trade from a point of strength to get and assess a point of weakness. They didn't do that here. 
They traded two guys, one that was never going to be in this lineup if it was ever fully healthy in Dom Simone, and Zach Aston Reese, who, yeah, it stings a little bit because he is so analytically inclined, and the people that read analytics and understand analytics and actually use analytics to, to evaluate players loved Zach Aston Reese for what he was, which was an analytical darling that was great on the penalty kill. But the fact is, you bring in Raquel, there is that trickle-down effect that Doug talked about. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I thought, with what they had to do here, with the moves and with the hand they were dealt, I thought Ron Hextall did a, did a hell of a job today, honestly. I, I didn't expect to be saying that at this point of the day, but I, I think with what he had to do, what he brought in and what he gave up, he did a hell of a job. Yeah, anytime you're able to bring in a former 30 goal scorer for next to nothing. Sure. Zach Asteris is a big, is a decent sized loss, but in the grand scheme of things, you're bringing in a ton of goals for not a lot of goals and you're holding on to a first round pick still. Mm -hmm. That's a victory. So right now the Anaheim ducks tonight are supposed to play a home game against the Predators. So you'd imagine that Ricardo Raquel was in Anaheim when he received the, the news. He's obviously still dealing with an injury that has kept him out. Part of that might be, they didn't want to get him further injured before the deadline. So who knows when he's going to make his Penguins debut. The Pens, of course, have two games this week, back-to-back -back on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Blue Jackets and the Sabres. And then they play once again on Friday against the New York Rangers. Be nice to have them before that Metropolitan Division tilt. Which brings me to my final point I want to make before saying goodbye here on this live stream. Thank you to everybody that has tuned in. Thank you to you two, of course, Doug and Nick, for joining me here on this trade deadline special episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Let's go down the line here. One team that impressed you on trade deadline day starting with Horwat. uh can i just say the penguins no you can't you can't just say the penguins give, give me give me one other team or just one deal one deal i i can't because i can't remember all of them right now mm -hmm. um i would just think maybe i think the rangers stocked up pretty well they did they're aware of, the, of their positioning in the in the in the race in the race in the metro and it is right up top they're gonna have to stock up for what could be you know, a pretty long run sure they're being bailed out by a possible mvp in net but you got you got to get the sport in front of them that's exactly what they're doing i can't remember the names i know i've just seen their logo and their name pop up a couple of times mm -hmm. um, if you have the rangers deals that'd be great i have a I have their acquisitions. I don't have all the deals written out and spelled out in my notes here. The Rangers added Frank Vetrano late last week. Today, they added Justin Braun on the defensive side, Tyler Mott from the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and Andrew Kopp from the Winnipeg Jets. So we always bashed them for having a bad bottom six. They went out and addressed it, bringing in three new guys. Yeah, those are – Justin Braun is whatever. Uh, but Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott, those are two solid names that uh... – are going to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs. So mm -hmm. I think they, uh, I think the Rangers had themselves a day and a weekend whenever you add in Frank for Toronto, which is also pretty solid. Dougie, one team that impressed you today. I really like what Minnesota did. Mm -hmm. um, I know it was somewhat quiet <laughs> and under the radar, but um, you know, getting flower for what's only going to end up probably being a second round pick is big. And also, just filling, just flipping Capo Kakinen for something that was a position of need. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't know a lot about Jake Middleton. Um, best way I can uh, compare him right now is he's basically what Brian Dumoulin was for the Penguins in right as they were going into the 2016 playoffs, where he's a really, really good, just defensive minded defenseman. And he's going to be able to go slot in on the left side with any of their top four guys and just be 
be a really good stopgap for him. And then you potentially sign him to an extension in the summer. And that's somebody that's going to be a part of your top, top four, top six D core for a very long time in Minnesota, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought the addition of Marc-Andre Fleury, when I saw that come across the wire, I was like, wow, like good for him though. Like you're going to get to go play under Bill Guerin, who obviously he was really close with when Guerin played for the Pittsburgh Penguins in that 0-9 cup run. And he gets to go up there and play for the Minnesota Wild, who, you know, they become a dark horse. Now he's backing up Cam Talbot. He's already going to be in the Twin Cities tonight for their game against the Vegas Golden Knights. He'll be backing up Cam Talbot in that one. Already interesting television up there with Flower. But adding a guy like that, and I, I texted State of Hoppy or messaged State of Hoppy today, who's our friend from the Soda Pod covering the Minnesota Wild here on the network. And I said, hey, how you feeling? He said, I'm distraught or something like that. And I said, listen, if you get Vegas Golden Knights playoff flurry, you're in the clear. If you get early to mid 2010s Penguins playoff flurry, I'm going to apologize in advance. That's basically the outline of what they basically are about to have with Marc-Andre Fleury in the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I sent the tweet to him the moment I saw it. And um, I just sent thoughts and prayers. Because <laughs> I know, I know what I know what he thinks of Flurry, and I was like, "Oh man, no matter where he goes or what he does, it, he just can't escape the guy." P's and P's, man. T's and P's. <laughs> the one team that I'm going to say that I really liked, and I'm going to take it back to the Eastern Conference. I want to talk about the Florida Panthers really quickly because I think they knew what they needed to do. They said, "We want to go win a Stanley Cup. We're going to go get the pieces to do it." Obviously, they traded Frank Vetrano. That was to open up a little bit of cap space, but then bringing in a guy like Robert Haig for for basically nothing good defensive help in the depth areas. Bringing in Ben Sherratt, they overpaid a little bit, but that's them basically saying that they want to go out there and be successful. Trading a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick and a prospect for him. That was an overpay. I didn't quite like that. But bringing in Claude Giroux and fleecing Chuck Fletcher in the meantime to do it, I thought was a really good job. I mean, they traded Owen Tippett, who's a really good prospect, but he was never going to play for the Florida Panthers, not during this run. So I understand getting rid of Tippett, conditional first round pick and a third rounder for a guy like Claude Giroux, who is proven to be able to go out in the playoffs and go out in big games and perform. I know Horowat said, hey, can, can we maybe root for him now that he's not in Philly? I still don't think I'll root for him, but I'm excited to watch what he does down in Florida. I think they did a really good job. And for my money, they're the, they're the favorites now in the Eastern Conference. They definitely are. They, they made a lot of additions and definitely additions that are going to help their NHL roster right now. They're not worried about their prospect pool. They have a hump to get over and that is just winning around and getting into the playoffs and advancing and doing something. Mm-hmm. It's going to fall back on Sergei Bobrovsky. He was a career 899 in the playoffs. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Doug, do you have anything to say about the Panthers? Honestly, um, I'm feeling the complete opposite. The, really? This reminds me of, um, the, that uh, early to mid-2010s, Ray Shiro's loading up for a run and they get absolutely screwed over in the first or second round. Um, you know, because, I mean, let's be honest. You, I know you guys aren't a huge analytics people, but you look at the uh, metrics on Robert Haig mm-hmm. and um, Ben Sherratt specifically, and you're like, okay, like they're going to get absolutely cooked if they put them in anything above like a very heavily nursed like mm-hmm. third pair role, mm-hmm. you know, um, it is, it's, it's tough. The, um, the trade just came through, by the way, it just went official. 
The okay. prospect going to Anaheim is goalie prospect Cal Klein. Okay, so it is, in my opinion, it is a pretty pretty big prospect, but I also think that when you look at, you have Callie Klang, you have Joel Blomqvist, both of them. Get rid of one, you still have Tristan Jari, who's relatively young, and now he's starting to prove that he is one of the top goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Obviously, wait to see what happens in the playoffs, because that's what changes everything. But I, I don't mind getting rid of, of Cal Klang. And also, I, I kind of I believe I said that a couple times for certain players. I think I said I'd be willing to get rid of one of those two goaltenders for Bertuzzi. One of those two when we were talking about bullshit trading uh, for Patrick Kane this morning. But, you know, I'm willing to get rid of one of those guys, especially considering the fact the Penguins just signed Lindbergh last offseason. They just signed another goaltender from the WHL this season. So they're building up their prospect pool when it comes to goalies. I'm fine with trading one to help the team right now. Also, one more thing. This is a big one. Anaheim will retain 35% of Ricard Raquel's salary. Okay, let me do a little bit of math really quickly because it's a... Uh... 35% and it's like it's not like his contract's easily div divisible either it's 3.78 so 3.78 times 65 so it's 2.457 which works out perfectly considering the penguins were sending out 2.5 million dollars with Zach Aston Reese and Dom Simone so they save a couple like $10,000 on the salary cap with this move again great job by Ron Hextall got to get it under some good stuff real good stuff makes more sense as to why they they made that so Last word here. We'll go around the horn one last time. Final thoughts on the Ricard Raquel deal to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The final deal is Ricard Raquel traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. 35% of his contract retained in exchange for Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, a 2022 second round pick, and Cal Klang, the goaltending prospect. Horwat, final thoughts. I like the move. It may be a rental, but it also could turn into something really good for and beneficial for the team. I'm okay mm -hmm. with losing... All three of those names, honestly. Sure, Zach has Reese, you lose the analytics, but he doesn't put the puck in the net. Dom Simone is Dom Simone. Doesn't move the needle. The draft pick isn't a first, so that's a ton of fun to keep around. And then Callie Klang, like you mentioned, we have Blomquist to still fall back on in terms of those two goalie prospects. We brought in another one for the AHL this year. We made a, we've made a goalie signing since then. Everything's coming up Millhouse, in my opinion, on this move. Again, it may not be the long-term deal that Garland was going to be, but it uh, could turn into something that we remember for a long time. You never know with this team, and this guy could really bring something. And my big question now that it is all official and set, who's wearing number 67 whenever Zahorn re-enters this lineup? I'm going to leave it at that for everybody. Dougie, final thoughts. I'm just going to put this out there. I'm not going to say anything rash or put, set myself up to get old takes exposed here, but I feel the same way that I did on these days five, five and six years ago, respectively. Hmm. Let's get him here. Let's see what happens and let's freaking ride. I love it. I love it. My final thoughts, obviously last season, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke said that they felt this team deserved to get a piece at the deadline. They got Jeff Carter last year. I think they deserve to get a piece again this year. They get Ricard Raquel at the deadline. Whether or not it pays dividends to a Stanley Cup, we do not know. We have to follow along, and we will do that here on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. As the season rolls on, the deadline is in the rearview mirror, and we are headed straight for the 2022 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday with our regularly scheduled episode talking Pens, Blue Jackets, and Pens Sabres. But for right now, 
from Doug Gladke, Nick Horwat, and Nick Berlansky. That'll be all. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys on Thursday. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.